and welcome back to another episode of Artist Avenue. In this episode, I am talking to the gorgeous Sophie Kern. Sophie is a Danish performer based in London. She moved here to pursue her passion for musical theatre and recently graduated from the MA Music Theatre course at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. Since graduating, Sophie appeared in the panto Alice in Streamingland, which had to sadly close due to the lockdown. Now she's working on creating new opportunities for emerging artists in the theatre industry. She has co-founded the Cow Community, an initiative focused on supporting new writing in the UK, and she also hopes to produce many exciting new projects. Before we dive into Sophie's beautifully unique journey, I would like to remind you that due to the current circumstances, we had to record this episode remotely via Zoom. Therefore, the quality might suffer at points. Nevertheless, please keep listening. I always say that for a 2021 podcast, it's content over technical quality. So without further ado, enjoy this glorious episode. My name is Sophie, Sophie Can. I am an actor, singer, musical performer. Well, that's what my degree is anyway. I am Danish. I live in London. I'm a recent grad, so I graduated in this <laughs> faithful summer of 2020, which, yeah, yeah is a, a whole adventure on, on its own. And yeah, I think that's, that's a gist. Brilliant. Would you like to take us back to your once upon a time, the beginning of your journey? Oh, yes. So I think about my journey with the performing arts and wanting to be an art of some form. I've always felt like I was a bit late to that. I know some people like start late in their teens and stuff, but I still felt very late when I started dancing at 10. I was this like real little chubby 10 year old who just wanted to like dance and I did like hip hop and disco and it's yeah, it's quite fun. And I then joined a choir at my school and I found like I started acting like the school plays and stuff and I found Eonchotel which which is like a, uh, a a youngsters acting school which was really really great I'd never made it to any of their like shows because you had to audition for their shows and we were a lot of um, students but not a lot of people got to do the shows actually but th- that way I found my way in, into acting like in my early teens and then I found out way later that you could actually combine all those things because I th- I thought I, I'm, I was very easily distracted. So first I was like, oh, I'm going to be a dancer and then found singing. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a singer and a musician. And I didn't really click with that either. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be an actress. But um, it wasn't until I like, found the musical theatre community in, in Denmark that I was like, okay, this is the shelf. This is what we're going to go for. But it took me much, <laughs> much more time to realise that. I should just have focused on that because I had this this idea that I needed to get into drama school in Denmark to become any sort of performing artist. So that's kind of like what my journey to London was all about, trying to really get to to do what I loved and combine everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Before we go on to your journey and move to London from Denmark, do you mind talking to us a bit about the differences between the industry in Denmark and in London? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so weird um, because Denmark is just a whole other world over here because Denmark is so small. And to be honest, I'm actually really proud of Denmark. There there are some amazing initiatives, um, especially in the film industry, 
we get a lot of um, um, recognition worldwide. And I think that actors and creatives in Denmark are quite extraordinary. They really want to build, but because we're so small, like the funds are so small and we aren't that many people. So um, we tend to play a little bit safe in, in some ways, not everyone, but it's also part of the culture just to be a little bit safe and don't think too highly of yourself and stuff. It's a whole thing in Denmark. So but there's a layer over here in London that's about creating things, the, the whole exploration and development of, of musical theatre, especially musical theatre that is just so fascinating. Um, because in Denmark, we have one school, we have one musical theatre school that you can get into, takes eight students a year. And it's it's really hard to get in. And we all know each other. <laughs> Everyone knows each other. We have everyone like in Shelland and Copenhagen and everywhere around that just kind of knows each other. And after a couple of tryouts for the school, you kind of know who comes from Jutland as well. And we all go and do the same shows. And so it's really frustrating if you can't get through that little little hole there to get into a school and, and do what you love. Um, which means we have a really thriving uh, community theatre scene because people still want to do it. So they do these amazing shows. But um on a community theatre uh, basis. Um, whereas over here, the festivals and the fringes and the like, the risk taking in the smaller venues, and I, I am, <laughs> I'm like daily astonished by the creatives that are that have just like flocked to London. It's not all just British people only. It's just people who have created this hub of theatre in London that is really extraordinary and what is the reason why I, I chose London as well and I think that's the biggest difference because meeting people over here was like the biggest wake-up call for me like absolutely I I can do this as well because we we are here to create and we're here to do whatever we want and it's not like there's more money in it over here or anything it's just because people will invest in themselves over here in a different way which is uh, really amazing going back to talking about the industry differences in Denmark we don't have we don't have the same agent casting director relationship because we have very few agencies in that way there are casting directors working on everything but they're not necessarily working through agents um so networking in, in Denmark is much different. And I think most people actually, they go, they just build a relationship with, if you're in theatre, you build a relationship with a venue or a director and stuff. And in some ways, both things can feel like there's a lot of hierarchy because if you don't go to the right schools in Denmark, then how would you ever know <laughs> the directors on the big places? And how would you ever get in touch with the right people? And how will you get them to come and see you? Whereas over here, um, there's, I feel, what I've met is that there's much more of a tendency to build your own, build yourself up, go get it, get in touch with people. If you create, people will come and see you if you take risks and, and invest in yourself. And the agent game over here is horrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> absolutely horrible. But in the same way, I've come to really see how human agents are over here especially after this pandemic and I can see a lot of shift in that anyway so over here it's just really interesting to see how 
yeah, how you can get in touch with the industry in a different way now. Whereas uh, I think that hierarchy over here is, is just falling apart a little bit because people are learning to not be afraid anymore, I think. Mm. Can I just ask you about, you know how you said they only take about eight people in the school in Denmark. So if they only take about eight people a year, is there a big musical scene or do those students go abroad to fulfill the musical dream then? Mm, yeah, I, I understand that. Well, we they we basically stay in Denmark mostly. Um, and the students that graduate from uh, that school, that they are a part of the, the industry in Denmark. That is what happens. And they get amazing opportunities. So basically this school is um, based in Fredericia, which is is and was a hub for risk-taking as well. We had Fredericia Theatre, which made amazing performances and touring shows. And they also um, invested in smaller shows and new written things. And it's incredible. Sadly, Fredericia um, had to close that in the summer, but they're working on building something new up. But going to that school uh, in Fredericia, that is that is what prepares you to go into the Danish industry, musical theatre industry, basically. But yeah, mostly people actually stay in Denmark. Um, but that's also because you have, that that is your way in, <laughs> in Denmark. Not to say that you have things given um, to you and handed to you through that school, because people, there isn't a lot of work in Denmark. In general, there just isn't a lot of work. And if you, what happens mostly if we do shows like Chicago or anything goes or anything that's like we they're, they're putting up West Side Story um here this spring and what mostly happens is that we get people from Sweden in as dancers mm -hmm. because we don't have the same commercialized uh musical theater dance training in Denmark so we get a lot of sweet a lot of amazing Swedish people in to like be in those kind of shows and then the headliners will be celebrities or really well-known names so it is still really hard as a <laughs> as a drama school uh, or musical theatre school um, grad in Denmark I hope that makes sense it does <laughs> yeah it does <laughs> Brilliant. So how was your move from Denmark to London? Why, what, how? Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. But I also feel like it was something I've, I build up to a lot. It was something that took me a couple of years to build up the courage to actually do. But as I said, I, I really thought I had to get into drama school in Denmark, the theatre acting drama school in Denmark to become anything and I started to get like some chances at the musical theatre school but never got in I just kind of yeah lost it for for a couple of years there so I had to I had to go down to rock bottom to realize okay I need to get out of here I basically worked as a, a childcare assistant in a kindergarten in Denmark and I ended up being sick with stress. I at that time I also studied on the side because I was like, okay, if I'm gonna go to uni, I need to really go to something I like. So I ended up applying for psychology or this degree with which is basically the study in voice and, and hearing. And I actually got in <laughs> to the the degree in studying voice and hearing, but and I was like, oh then I'll get to 
work with actors maybe or something I don't know uh that was my like way in or whatever but I got that acceptance letter after I had gone through being sick from stress and I had gone through um a horrible application to the musical theatre school where my voice had just like I couldn't recognize my voice I couldn't recognize myself and I just realized it's not gonna help me going to a a uni where I'm I'm just choosing a degree to do something and feel like I'm doing something um so I actually uh, said no to all that and ended up going to a one-year dance school which was the best choice I could have made myself I completely like turned everything around um physically mentally and then during that year that was kind of where I found myself a little bit again um and found out that I just needed to I, I need to bet on myself and it's now or never it's that it was that now or never thing and luckily I was and I am still with my partner Rasmus with who like we sat down on my birthday <laughs> three years ago for yeah three yeah we've lived over two and a half years so three years ago sat down on my birthday had we'd been drinking mojitos was very drunk in a restaurant it was like well we could just move <laughs> we could just do it and and actually follow our dreams so we don't end up not recognizing ourselves again so that summer then it took us four or five months to like get, get all the affairs in order and sell things in our apartment and find out how you move to London because that that's not easy that's, it's not because you just do that I know some people just do that but it's actually it's a lot of uh, work but that summer we moved and I have not looked back since it's best decision I ever made obviously it was very hard in the beginning we moved oh my goodness we moved into this horrible horrible house with six housemates or something we lived in the basement room next to the kitchen and we had a door window out to the road where we could hear all the traffic it was down in New Cross and um, we had these massive basement spiders coming in and yeah it was horrible but we had the best like agent so he was really nice and he let us like get out of there after a couple of months which is really great <laughs> and so yeah this whole like journey <laughs> the past couple of years has also been about finding finding some kind of base in London mm -hmm. because it takes longer than you actually think to really feel grounded in a place absolutely yeah we we basically we found that a lot after I after I found out I got into central we then found a place near there and Rasmus he got into his degree as well and that's kind of where we could breathe again a little bit like okay we both got this we're both both choosing what we came here to do and we got a place that we like and now we can relax and see where it takes us and how did you find your feet in the industry once you moved over? Because I know you've been involved in a lot of things before going to Central, obviously. Well, I I, gra I grasped at everything. <laughs> I clung <laughs> to every single opportunity I could find over here. I was like, I was on Star Now and Mandy and found all the Facebook groups. I was like really just hungry to find some kind of community. Very luckily, the summer before moving over here, I did a summer course at Guildford a two-week summer course in musical theatre and it was I was way too old to be there I was with a lot of like 17 year olds and it was weird <laughs> 
But I've also made some very, very good uh, friends from there, actually, who was a little bit older like me. And those young people, they are on fire today on the drama school. So kudos to them. But there I met uh, James Doughty, who is an MD. He, I kept in touch with him after that course had ended. So when I moved over here, I saw that he MD'd uh, at an open mic um, at the Phoenix Arts Club. And I think it was like one of the first weeks over here where I just messaged him. I was like, oh, well, what uh, is there a place I can go to sing? Because I, that's what I'm here for. And he was just like, well, come tonight. I'm playing. Uh, bring a song. <laughs> and I absolutely panicked because I was certain that it was just going to be me and a bunch of like Western people. And I was just going to make a fool out of myself. But the Phoenix Arts Club has like ended up being my absolute rock and I've really found a community there and it was something I, I didn't expect to find right away in, in London but just that bunch of people just there that little group of it's actually a really big <laughs> community but <laughs> that group of people has really like helped me especially those in, in the pandemic um, just keep we have been keep um, kept up the open mic nights and those those peeps are the real ones and um, I've also I also grasped them. I was very lucky to get like I got a scholarship after an audition for uh, MX Masterclass, which is like a Sunday school. It's Michael Savior who has like found this school, yeah, this one in in Central London, and I found that I think through Star Now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I had no idea what I got myself into, but that school and those people and the industry professionals that they have hooked up to that, I. I, I, those, they, they are the reason I got into drama school. Like our singing teacher, Rush Sharkey, he was such a big support in that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's so lovely. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> and he got me um, into a new, another singing teacher as well. And like, yeah, they are the reason. They gave me opportunities to sing at Cadogan Hall. And I've been to, I've sung at the Royal Opera, at night, Royal Albert Hall. And I've also been a chaperone there with them after I, I couldn't continue my, my course there and stuff. And yeah, they, they're the reason I ended up in Central because they just sparked so much in me. And yeah, I'm really grateful for them as well. So for me was, it the first and most important thing was finding my peers in in London finding people to connect with um who wanted the same stuff as me and obviously after my master's it has helped tremendously to have done a course like the MA music theatre because it's a one-year degree and maybe we're also um we also ruffled up by the whole pandemic thing but the resilience in my classmates and the need to keep going right now is just so strong in every single one so I think we've like moved a little bit closer to each other through all of this I'm very grateful for my (laughs) yeah my little like world that I've created here and the people I've met that's the that that's been the whole difference being Mm -hmm. here I love how you're describing it like building up your little world and your little community because I think as artists a lot of the times we just think like oh in order to be an artist or like to be seen as a successful artist we need to be on that stage or we need to be doing that role now and I think it's so beautiful to hear that actually no you need to be true to yourself and build up your own people and communities and that is how you feel comfortable and start out properly in a way. Absolutely I um I think because I've always been 
very much a perfectionist because I've wanted everything to be perfect I want myself to be perfect and always be right and working hard I've been I've always closed myself off to other people especially my dance degree and my foundation course not because I didn't get friends but I was not good at making myself available in case I in case people found out I wasn't all that that I made myself up to be or whatever I don't really know it's not really rational that way of thinking but it it's it's there and it's very much um prominent in, in a lot of artists so I I did it on my MA as well where I just I think it's a weird myth that artists need to be alone to create that kind of like lonesome artist and the the struggling artist and and stuff because I've really found out that I I cannot create or be I, I cannot be at peace with myself if I only have myself to talk to <laughs> yeah um yeah I will just build things up in my head and even though I I can sit and have a conversation with myself I can do my little doodling or write out stuff on like a mind map but nothing ignites ideas more in me than saying them out loud to a person I know has some kind of weird mind as well and and it's like and yes absolutely that could be fun so it's I don't understand why it has taken me so long but I'm finally at a place where I just really appreciate that we 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 just need each other we just need to air out our brains and 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 get ideas straight or else we like crumble Mm. yeah no absolutely do you you know how obviously you went to central and you did the may course um did you (laughs) audition at any other schools as well yeah I did I auditioned two times over here like two seasons over here where the first one I did was when I lived in Denmark and I went over here to audition so I went to uh, Guildford, GSA, because I really just love that school. And I've auditioned, I've auditioned at the Central Undergrad, which mm. was so much fun. I just got to play a lot. Uh, but obviously the undergrad auditions are way bigger than the postgrads. Was it a different so experience then to the MA one at Central? Very much. Obviously the MA doesn't get as many applicants either. And the undergrads do that, that they just collect everyone who wants to audition for the undergrad. So if it doesn't matter what course of the acting ones that you want to apply for, if you are going in there for acting or MT or movement or whatever, then you just go in on the same day and then you prioritize what you mm. want to apply for. So I actually, I got a recall for acting, which I was like, what? <laughs> so back then I'm like, okay, super. Whereas... I think that's also just because of Paul Barker, the course leader, because and Maria for that matter, because they just really want to know who they are letting on their course. They really do. <laughs> they really want to know who you are. <laughs> like, what what are you going to do here? So that day is probably the most enjoyable audition I've ever had. Mm. Just because I felt like I actually had a chance to show why I was there. I got I got to sing and dance and act and all that. But they focused on, uh, especially with our monologues, you you actually did your monologue to someone. Mm. And weirdly enough, I am still friends with that person I did my monologue to. <laughs> because you've got to actually connect with people at that audition, which you just don't get to do. They don't get to see you connect with anyone. They get to see you trying 
to connect with a with a panel, but they don't get to see you connect with any other people. Um, but we did they did that with us, um, and that's what they always want their applicants to do actually. So we do a month I unlock to a person and actually, yeah, act. Um, and singing was great. And then that whole we had like a a, a little conversation with Paul. I just like got to be in a room with him, just him. Not like the other, it's also because they're lesser, less people, but they actually got to sit down and go through, you had to write a little essay about something, musical theatre or theatre related or music theatre related, and you got to sit down and talk. And I think that was just, it was such a breath of fresh air to be able to just, well, here I, here I am, and this is, this is what I do, this is what I'm about. Because we all want to be seen, but it's just not, it's not possible to be seen at a at a classic um, mm. drama school audition. You're bringing back so many memories. I just was <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Oh, it is a lovely audition day. It is. It is special. Like the whole thing is generally special. That's the only way I can describe it. <laughs> mm, exactly. It's really nice. And obviously you had a tough year as you said as you mentioned because of the pandemic and like it was all these new situations you guys were like flung into how did you overcome your ups and downs did you have any ups and downs in your year during training oh so many oh so 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 many well I'll, I'll just start with like what my ups and downs were mostly about when you start a year like that they the first thing they tell you, the first thing, oh, the first thing Maria did with us was get us to, we got like two pieces of paper and the, on one of them we got to, we wrote down, trust the process. And the other thing was like, done, gone. <laughs> so yeah. So when you've done something, let it go. Let it go. You can't take it back. It is, it is what it is. Done, gone. Um, and the whole <laughs> concept of trust the process is something I've constantly gotten back to. Constantly gone back to trust the process, trust the process, because I want to be good at stuff right away. <laughs> mm-hmm. I uh, have been horrible at practicing my entire life. Don't Didn't like to practice, didn't like to be bad in order to get better or good. Uh, I just want to be good right away. So it wasn't until I had a place essential where I had a room to go into that was just my own like a practice room um that I actually managed to create some kind of ritual around practicing some kind of enjoyment in in practicing because I was finally at a place where I got some tools and exercises that I really trusted and that doesn't necessarily mean that I (laughs) trusted the process the whole time because I did not I was very frustrated. I, yeah, all the crying, all the anger, all the self-doubt is is very much there. Because you come to a school like that and you have all these build up perceptions about yourself. So you, you present yourself in a certain way, but it isn't until someone is like, says to you like, but why are you doing that? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I should do something else. For example, I've always been told that my voice is in a certain way. So I didn't expect my voice to be able to sound differently. Or I've always been told I was too loud. So I've tried to diminish myself. And I've had a very big 
I've been I've struggled a lot with being uh, vulnerable um, because I I've had a hard time crying on stage because I've been taught that that was wrong to cry or I've held yeah I've helped onto myself a lot in my life so all these all the things you think you know about yourself just gets like pushed away and and then you suddenly don't have anything to hold on to so a year like that is is really stressful and I think the biggest thing was that no one really rationally realized that we all were going through that mm-hmm. um, because in a classroom you will always see some people as more confident than others and people get praised in a classroom or they talk about they praise the praise they get because they're also insecure and we hang on to our accomplishments in school life so it's very easy to get wrapped up in all the things that are wrong about you and what everything that's right about everyone else so for for me it was the way that I've overcome most of my struggles it was those breakdowns where I just had to tell someone how I felt and I know it's the same for a lot of my classmates and peers that it's when you actually reach out to someone and tell them how you feel tell them what you're going through and they're like it's gonna be okay (laughs) and we had a very intense every year there's an intense devising project project and you have to you're so many people you're 20 or 22 people who has to devise a piece of theater which is hard enough in itself mm-hmm. and then then make all those actors insecure drama students <laughs> horrible it <laughs> um, does test your limits <laughs> it really does and I think that was where it peaked that was where everyone crumbled that was during that process Everyone crumbled at some point because you just can't ignore your own insecurities anymore. And you can't ignore that you're feeling overlooked, that you're not feeling appreciated, they're not feeling seen. So when we finally got through that and into our showcase, I think that was just like the biggest release for everyone. And that was when we got cut off because then the pandemic happened. And then suddenly we were all isolated to our own rooms spread out all over, all over the country, in the States, the world. Um, so going, we only had like four or five months together, maybe less, yeah, four or five months together before we had to separate and, and do everything online. But then we, and I know that people have really worked through this in different ways. But for me, I finally had a chance to just take a step back and breathe. Mm which was it just made such a big difference for me because I I struggled a lot at school keeping up both socially and academically if you can say academically when it's drama school but I I struggled a lot with practicing and training enough what I felt was enough and also um, feeling like I was being social enough and not missing out and not burning out at the same time Um, Mm. so suddenly having to just step back and and just focus on myself for a little bit that was really healthy for me so I kind of I created my own routine do and and got like a daily routine down and incorporated workouts and singing practice and research and my school work and outside of work like all that I got in incorporated into a, a routine that was somewhat sustainable I think that 
is probably the reason why I still like kind of believe in myself (laughs) yeah yeah in a way 2020 grads and 2021 grads are going to be the toughest cookies that we are going to we're going to see come out of those drama schools because they have missed out on a lot but they are so set on making it anyway I have just really seen and from what I've heard from my peers outside of Central as well is that the people who make it is the ones that make it for themselves just go and do what it is that you want to do I guess just go do it (laughs) just go do it we're coming towards the end of the interview and I always have my little few questions that I ask at the end so why don't we start off with in your opinion what unites us as creatives oh yeah so the thing that in unites us is I have to go back to what I've probably said a couple of times it's the it's the connection it's the connection between us it's a little voice in our heads that are like oh yeah let's let's see what happens and it's that it's that ability to to put so much of ourselves in in what we do which is just absolutely extraordinary because we have to get to know ourselves before we can actually go and 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 be creatives in a way so I think what I've met mostly is that the people I really gravitate towards are just the they're just the best people it's the it's the people who are we don't know how we're going to do this we don't know how we're going to do it but we're going to find a way we're going to make it work because we're going to yeah we have each other to do it yeah. Mm. And what is the biggest thing that you have learned on your journey so far? <laughs> oh, it's good. just going to sound so cheesy, but whatever. I'm just going to say it anyway. <laughs> we love um, cheese. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're the only person who can do what you do. Sounds like a motivational quote, but it's not. It's, a, <laughs> it's, the, it's the fact that it's very easy to get lost in thinking that you're not going anywhere um, because you are, from my, from my point of view, I always feel like I get a little bit lost because I, I, I get really close to things that I do. I get really close to it and I just want to analyze everything and I, I want to do my very best. So I just, I can't see the world around me any anymore and I can't see where I am <laughs> in relation to the rest of the world so it's about yeah the biggest thing I've learned is that to to trust the process because I am I'm in I'm constantly in the middle middle of the process but I can't see where that is going to get me because I am in it mm. and I can't yeah I just have to trust that the work that I'm putting in right now is getting me where I need to be yeah it's living in the moment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's very hard. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're coming to my ultimate favorite question ever. <laughs> what makes you unique as a creative? Ooh, that is such a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, uniqueness. Your my <laughs> my biggest problem with like um, business plans is that you have to find your your unique selling point. But if I say everything that is like a selling point for me, like I am Danish, 
there's a lot of other Danish people. I'm a blonde young girl. Hmm, great. I have a strong belt. Um, I have like all my characteristics aren't really unique. So I find the concept of uniqueness very interesting. So the thing that makes me me is that it's what drives me because it what it's what gets me up. It's the thing that my my uniqueness stems from why I am still here, why I'm still doing this, why I didn't leave London, why I have found a weird base in this insane town city. Um, and it's about that I, I can't I can't stop chasing this idea that I need to know more about creating in theatre and in musical theatre and in bringing genres together and I want to see what I want to see what happens I've been very set on becoming a performer I've been very set on becoming a performer I've been very set on training my voice and my acting and and all my skills and now that I'm actually in, in in the industry I am so excited for where this drive right now is going to take me because I want to I, I don't want to just sit down I want to create something I want to make some projects I want to get some people together let's mash up some folk songs with some monologues that we find here or we write ourselves I don't care that I think that is what is unique about me not because it's a unique trade in the world there is a lot of amazing driven people but the fact that I have this drive feels very unique to me <laughs> because that is not something I would have expected from myself mm-hmm. many years ago <laughs> yeah but that's a beautiful thing to have drive and passion I think are just two amazing feelings And before we have to say our goodbyes on this podcast today, do you have anything else you would love to say to the listeners? Yes. The very last thing is I've had many, many amazing conversations recently, actually, with you, with um, my my peers. And I have like I've kind of refound a reason to to keep working. Um, And had a lovely conversation with a man called Matt Powell which is also a central grad yeah but he is um he's producing he's directing he's yeah shout out to Matt Powell (laughs) he's an inspiration to be honest he's lovely Um, (laughs) and he just goes and gets stuff he does it and it and I think after talking with him I was like don't ever feel like you don't have anything to bring to the table or don't and don't ever feel like you're just bringing something that everyone else is bringing. I think there is some kind of misconception um, that artists are eccentric or overconfident, or um, and that we all have like sauce on our elbows and elbows, and we'll just and that it's this really doggy, yeah, really harsh industry, which it is, um, but. What I want to leave people with um, with this ramble is just that you have something to bring to the table because no matter how insignificant you feel in this like massive sea of creative that all kind of wants to do the same thing, no one actually wants to do the exact same thing that you do because we we are all different. 
and we no one can bring the same thing to a role or a piece or writing or movement because no one yeah no one no one can do you so whatever it is that you want to do do it because actually you're the only one who can so go do it (laughs) beautiful I love those empowering words at the end (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey it was such a joy listening to you thank you (laughs) it was lovely it was really really nice it's really nice to have a think about the journey you've been on because sometimes it's hard to see what has actually happened yeah I hope you've enjoyed this episode Artist Avenue will be back next Tuesday with another exciting interview. Make sure to follow us on social media and keep up to date with all the artists and their wonderful projects. Your support for this podcast honestly means the world to me. For now, keep smiling, keep listening, and I'll see you all next week.